Over the last year, as we've been in this period of pandemic and restrictions, I think many of us have probably found ourselves ordering lots of things online. I think the shops have been shut probably for six out of the last 12 months. And so if we've needed anything, we've had no choice, really, but to order it. Now, quite often when I've ordered things, whatever it is that I've ordered has come in a box. But in that box, along with the item I've ordered, I've regularly found vouchers. Things advertising all kinds of different things, from food boxes, healthy eating boxes, a fine dining subscription... Um, £70 off this, that or the other, whatever it is. And they're an enticement, aren't they, to, to buy something, to join a particular subscription service. And they look so great until you start to read the small print. Until you start to see that what looked like it was something that was free, actually there's a big cost to me and I end up having to spend a lot of money. It's not really free at all. Well, in the last reading, we are now at the scene of the crucifixion. The last painful steps as Jesus goes on his way to the cross. Luke tells us that there are crowds following Jesus. Some of the women are weeping and mourning for him. Simon of Cyrene has been forced to carry the cross. Two other men, criminals, Luke tells us, are being led out to be killed alongside Jesus. Now if you look behind me this morning, you will see that in front of our normal cross is a slightly different cross. This one is one that Sheila has made out of um, Christmas trees from this last year. And I think it's a very poignant reminder about who it is who is dying on the cross. At Christmas, we remember the songs of the angels, the guiding star, the expensive gifts of the Magi. But everything that happens points here. All of Jesus' ministry culminates as Jesus walks on towards Calvary's hill as Jesus dies in our place. Verse 33, they come to the place called the skull. Jesus and two other criminals are crucified. Jesus in the centre, the others on either side. So how does Jesus react? Well, in verse 34, he cries out, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. He's in physical agony. He's about to take the weight of the sin of the world onto his shoulders. He's about to die this most excruciating death. And yet at this point, Jesus' heart, Jesus' mind, his attention is not focused on himself or his physical anguish. But it's focused on the people round about him. His plea is that his heavenly father will forgive these people who don't know what they're doing. Then the insults start to come from the crowd, from the rulers, from the soldiers, even from one of the criminals who is hung on the cross next to Jesus. It doesn't actually take much to hurl insults at somebody who is broken and dying. But these are not the only voices. In our reading, we heard another voice, the voice of the other criminal in verse 40. The man who somehow knows that what he's done has been wrong. Now, we've no idea what this man has done. Luke doesn't tell us. But whatever it is, it says in verse 1 that he knows he's been punished justly. But it seems too late for him. There is no escape, no chance to put things right, no chance to ask for forgiveness for those who he has wronged. 
Now, he's remorseful. He knows that he's done wrong. But he's in this place of absolute brokenness, mentally and physically. He's at the lowest point that a human being can ever go. It's in these dark moments that something incredible happens. This man has the courage to speak up, to go against the flow of the crowd, to show an unbelievable faith in a man dying next to him. And he says in verse 42, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, it can be really easy to read those words and think, well, these are just the last words of a desperate man clinging at anything. But actually, I want to suggest that this isn't that. But this is somebody reaching out in faith because they see in Jesus something quite different. The brokenness of Jesus' body, the seeming failure of any claims of the coming kingdom are not the feature here. But what is the feature is that this man sees beyond that and sees Jesus as Messiah, as God's anointed. And this is a simple act of faith, realising that he's being crucified next to somebody significant. And he throws himself onto the mercy of the dying Messiah, the Son of God. Did he fully understand everything about Jesus? Well, we can't answer that. But what we can understand is this. We know who it is who is dying next to him. That it's Jesus who came as a baby at Christmas. It's Jesus who is the light of the world, the Son of God, the Son of Man. He is the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The one who the prophets promised would come and bring God's salvation. How does Jesus respond to this cry out from this man? Well, in Jesus' response, we find something incredible. He simply says, today, you will be with me in paradise. You will be part of all that is to come as Jesus' kingdom rule and reign do come. For this man, he has been told that this isn't the end, but a future in eternity in glory awaits him. This man has nothing to offer, no physical work. His body is broken. He can't work out a nicely structured set of beliefs, no sacrifices to offer for God. He has absolutely nothing to give Jesus. He is bankrupt spiritually, physically, everything. And yet Jesus says yes to that simple outpouring of faith. I think one of the most common feelings that we can feel as Christians is that sense of unworthiness in approaching God. How can God accept me? How can God love someone like me who's done the things that I've done? And I guess for many of us, we we grapple with those kind of emotions. I'm not good enough. I can't live up to God's standards. I can't fulfill everything Jesus wants me to do. Now, this account reminds us here that actually we are not worthy on our own. We can't earn our way back to God. There is nothing we can do of ourselves to reach out. But actually, as this man was to find, there is someone who is worthy. There is somebody in whose name we have complete access to God, in whose name we can be forgiven, in whose name we can be made whole. His name is Jesus. Hebrews 10 verse 14. For by one sacrifice he was made perfect forever, those who are being made holy. Ephesians 2 verse 8, Paul says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. 
This man has nothing to offer. And yet Jesus offers himself freely. He offers him salvation. This is not like the voucher offer where there is grace free or but free but there's some kind of catch. No, this is salvation freely offered and for us freely to receive. Today it's a reminder that Jesus calls us in the same way. In our brokenness he calls us to cleanse us, to forgive us, to free us. And when we approach Jesus in repentance and faith, we too find that Jesus opens the doors of eternity to us. So today, whether for the first time, whether for the thousandth time, let's gaze on this scene and let's be reminded that we are not good enough. We cannot earn our way to Christ. But Christ is good enough. He has paid the price. We can enter into the presence of the Father through all he has done for us and we can be with him forever. Free of sin, free of shame. John 8 verse 36, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen.